Father, I thank you right now for this message, Father. Father, we bind Satan right now, Father, and all his tactics, Father, and all his devices, Father. All witchcraft, we bind it, Father. All attacks of the enemy, Father, on the saints, Father, we bind it, Father. We have all power and authority, Father, over our flesh, Father. We tell our flesh to submit, Father, and listen, Father. We tell our flesh not to be heavy laden, but to be unyoked from the bondage of sin in this world, Father. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for a spirit of meekness and gentleness of this word come upon us, Father, that we would receive it, Father, with joy and gladness, Father, for your children receive the truth with uh, joy, Father, and peace, Father. Peace I leave unto you, he said, Jesus said. When I come unto you, I, peace I will leave unto you. Oh, and I thank you, Father, that when the truth comes, that we would not receive it in condemnation, but that we would receive it with conviction of the Holy Spirit, Father. Oh, Father, let it rest deep on us, Father. We cast down every heavy burden, Father, everything that we're carrying, Father, that is, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He's saying that to you today, my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If it's not light, if it's not easy, it's not me. So, Father, we rip them off right now, Father. And we thank you, Lord, Father, that you carry everything that you tell us to do, Father. But what the devil tells us to do, we, he makes us carry it. He makes us be bound by it. And you can't say it's the truth if it's not from the Spirit. Because the devil can speak truth, but the devil will speak truth in his own spirit, with his own twist on it, with his own agenda on it. And he will lead you on the paths of unrighteousness thinking you're righteous. But God will lead you to paths of righteousness with the assurance that you are standing in righteousness. The devil will tell you what's right and wrong, and you'll believe him, and you'll be living a, a life that you thought you were living, but you're not really living it, you're living religion. How do you think Satan has really got people stuck in religion? It's because they have a form of godliness. The devil deceives people with a form of godliness, thinking that, Oh, this is the right way. This is what you should be doing. This is how you should do it. This is how you should do it. The devil doesn't just come. He, it says he comes as an angel of light. So he'll also come and act like he's God and tell you what's right and wrong according to, and he'll even use the word because it's, what, is the, what does the Bible say? It says that the devil knows the word. Many people are thinking they're following the Holy Spirit and they're doing traditions and they're doing old covenant practices and that they're bond, bounding other people to do it, but the Holy Spirit never told them to do that. But because they attain to be righteous, but they have not attained to want Jesus, they don't get righteousness. See, Christ brings righteousness. The letter brings death. If you go after the letter without going after the author of the letter, the letter will kill you. But the Spirit, see, it was the Spirit that came, that draw, drew us. When we came onto the Son, it was because the Father drew us. He even said that all ye that I brought onto me, I will pray for them. I, all, all that I have is his, and his, all that he has is mine. All that has come onto me has been, they, has been drawn by the Father. But, if we, but many people are being drawn by the letter because, and many ha have many agendas why they want to be right by the letter, because they want to impress people, or because they want to know a lot of knowledge, because they have, everybody in the world has a conscience, they want morality, but they don't want God. They want to be morally right, but they don't want to be Christ right and in Christ. See, even in the garden, this is good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Come eat this and you'll become a greater person. You'll become like God. But they were already eating from the tree of life with the word 
of, from the, the words from the tree of life written on their heart. They were walking out how God wanted them to walk it out naturally by being under God. But the devil has brought us under the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the devil now, because man cannot be accountable without something to hold them accountable without God, God had to bring the law and say, well, if you're going to live without me, here's what is wrong and here's what's right. You want to live by the law? You want to live by the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Well, here it is. And he gave them the law. But man realized they could not live with, with they could not, nobody could attain it. Even David cried out in so many psalms because his sin would, he, was, he knew the law, but, the, but he did not have the power to overcome. Now we have the power to overcome and we have the spirit that overcomes for us. And, but we have to get away from that tree of good and evil that makes us think, well, if I, I'm doing, it makes us, it makes us keep a list. We're, see, we should not be so bound that we're keeping lists of ourselves. I'm doing this right today. I did that wrong. By the Bible, by the letter, always looking at the letter. Am I right or am I wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? No, look at the spirit and then the letter will confirm that you're right. Look at the spirit and the letter will confirm that what God is showing you is wrong is wrong. But if you try to look at what the author gave and live by it, you're living under a paper that has no power. We have to live, we have to have fellowship with the Spirit. People tell them, when people come to Christian, they say, go read the Bible, go read the Sure, God will use it, but you need to tell them they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, I, I was even a young Christian telling people, just read the Bible, trust me, God will... But I should have been telling them that He can fill you right now with His Spirit and He can lead you to the Word. He can unveil the Word. And then we're bringing people to the Word with veiled eyes and... The letter kills them and they're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, 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 oh. And condemnation. I'm going to tell you right now. And, then, and, and John confirmed this message earlier with what he prayed. Because this message is called conviction versus condemnation. Conviction versus condemnation. And the devil will come. See, let me get this. Before we go into this message, we need to get one thing right. Is that when we walk in the flesh, when God convicts us of something wrong, right, right or wrong, whatever... And we don't do it. It says it's sin unto you if you know what to do, but you don't do it. Now, when you do that, when you sin against what God has shown you is right and wrong, and you don't do it, then condemnation will come. And, it has this, and the devil has this rightful place because you know that it's wrong. And the devil has that open door now. Now, see, look, you can't walk confident. You know you're doing that wrong. You know you're doing that right, whatever. But then there's the condemnation that will come by the accuser of the brethren that will falsely accuse us of things that will falsely say that you did this wrong. Oh, look, you said this. Oh, look, you did that. Oh, look. But it's all lies from the pit of hell. And when we come in agreement with the lies, we're actually coming in agreement with the flesh, and then the condemnation that is on the flesh comes on us. See, you have to understand what voice you're hearing from, because if you don't, see, why do you think all these people do all these traditions again and go back to old things that they used to do in the law? Because that they looked at the letter, and the letter condemned them and said, Oh, look, you're not doing this. Oh, look, it says you shall do this feast on forever. And they feel condemned and they think it's the whole. And then they go and they do it. And they're like, oh, I have to do this because I feel this burden. But it's, the, it's, it's from the letter. It's condemnation. It's from the accuser of the brethren. The devil likes to wrap people up in traditions. The devil likes to wrap people up in what they don't know about. And then here you go looking at the word. And that's why you got these, all these legalists because they live by the condemnation that the devil puts upon them. 
Oh, you, look, you're not doing that. Look, you're not doing that. You shouldn't be watching movies. You shouldn't be watching TV shows. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And then they, they, they come under this burden. And then they come and preach what the devil put upon them, the yoke, the heavy burden. And then they, they yoke other people up. When you see people that are legalists, when you see these street preachers that go out there and they're, and they're condemning people, it's because they live from a condemning spirit. They live from a spirit that tells them, that lives by the letter and tells them, oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong. You're doing... And, but it's not the spirit of freedom. See, God doesn't come onto you and just convict you of your right and wrong. He, he empowers you. He leads you onto repentance. He leads you to do it. But he doesn't lead you and condemn you and say, oh, you, you're so wrong now. You're, now you're really messed up. Now you're going to hell. Now. See, all these extra voices that come, it, this is condemnation. But we think it's God. And it's not God. See, but you have to know what is God and what is God telling you and what is God leading you to do because if you don't, the devil will tell you that you're not doing what God is telling you to do. That you're actually coming against God. See, you can live in condemnation that everything you hear is filtered through it so much. See, if you feed the, con the devil, the accuser of the brethren in you, I'm talking about when you're, you've repented and, you're, and, you're, and you're, you're not sinning or whatever, but when the devil comes to falsely accuse you and you live by that, your whole life will start to be burdened with that. And everything you hear, every time somebody corrects you, you feel condemned. Every time you hear the word, you feel condemned. Every time you look at the Bible, you feel condemned. Because you're, you're listening to the accuser of the brethren. You're listening to the one who condemns. John 12, 47. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, he did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. That thing that comes onto us that tries to cast us down, Satan was cast down and once he felt like lightning and he tries to cast down everybody else with him. So you have to know when that spirit that comes upon you that tries to, see, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spirits and principalities. So spirits and principalities will come and try to put a foothold on you or say they have a foothold on you. See, there's two ways to overcome it. If there's one, one way he, he actually has a foothold and you need to repent, and then there's another way he has a foothold by you believing a lie about yourself or about something you did or about something you're doing. He will come and say, you're not doing it right. Or he will twist what God said. And then it brings you on a condemnation. But you need to know what voice you're hearing from because if it's not God, I'm telling you, it's going to be a heavy burden and, an, and, and uneasy. it's not going to be an easy yoke. Trust me. When God comes, what does it say? The fruit of the Spirit. See, when we think about the fruit of the Spirit, it is talking about the fruit that we will end up having by obeying and being in the Spirit. But there's also how God comes on to you. He comes on to you in love, joy, peace, righteousness, temperance. He comes on to you, leading, to you, leading you to these things, but also the, His Spirit comes on to you and comforts you and, 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 and comes on to you, but like in a leading way, not in a condemning way like, oh, you, how dare you? What did you just do? Blah, 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 blah. Now, God, see, God corrects all those he loves. He, he, he chastises those that he loves, but he doesn't condemn those that he loves. See, if you start to feed that in you, then you start to, then the devil really starts to just mess you up. Everything you're doing is wrong. You can never do anything. Then you, you know those voices that, you, you know, sometimes we, some of us have gotten stuck in that with Leviathan, and Leviathan will tell you, oh, you can't do anything right. Oh, everything you do is wrong. You can never measure up to this. You can, that is the voice of condemnation. That is the voice of the accuser of the brethren. 
and that Holy Spirit will convict you of something and he'll come in gentle and, and see when he convicts you, you know, if you actually look up the word conviction, it also means to convince. See, the devil will tell you you're wrong or he'll come on to you like, no, you're like, like, like wanting to destroy you. But God will come and convince you. He will come and direct you. He will come and show you and it will bear witness in your spirit and your conscience. See, if your conscience is clean, that's the, that's the, that's the best way to overcome the accuser of the brethren because then you know he has nothing on you. And, what, and if your conscience is clean with God and God's not convicting you, he can't, then you know. See, but you need to live by God. And if you live by the letter, you're always going to be living by, oh, but I didn't do it like this or I didn't do it like that. And the other thing we have to understand is that we're going through a process of renewing the, the mind. So the devil knows that we're going through that process and he will come and, 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 and speak things, all these things, even though we're growing, he tries to speak to us like we already know everything and condemn us. But see, we need to live by the Spirit of Christ. Revelation 12.10 Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of His Messiah for the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Now that's in Revelation. That's later on. He gets hurled down. But the accuser of the brethren that comes on behalf of the brothers and sisters to God to accuse them day and night. Day and night, Satan is waiting, is, is going to God or even going to you because he wants you to lose your confidence in the blood. He wants you to lose who you are. He wants you to give up your faith. And he will come on to you saying, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. But he, but he doesn't do it to lead you to repentance. He does it to lead you to more death. He does it to get you to give up. The accuser of the brethren. But what does it say? It says that we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you even, even if you repent, for God convicts you and you repent, the devil will still tr may sometimes still try to say, no, nope, you're still wrong. No, nope, you still got, no, nope, you're not saved. No, nope. but you have to remember, drink my blood and eat my flesh. What did he say when he said drink my blood? He said, he's saying, he's talking about you drink his blood. You need to go boldly to the throne of grace. God's not going to go for you. You're not going to repent and say, and God's going to come. He, it, he washes you clean, but you also need to take up that confidence that the blood has forgiven me. You have to take that up. You have to walk by faith to cast down the accuser of the brethren or else he will say, nope, you're still wrong. Nope. I don't care. It doesn't matter if you repented. It's still, you still, it's still on you or it's still in you or whatever. No, you have to take up the blood and believe it washes you clean. You have to put your hand to the plow of the blood. See, we think the blood is automatic, but we need to, the devil doesn't care because he will make sure that you don't know and then you would sit, be sitting there saying, oh, well, God doesn't forgive me. Oh, God doesn't, oh, well, I, I, he can't forgive me of this thing. This thing is too much. Have you ever met people like that? They're saying, oh, this is too much or oh, this is, I, I did too much for God to forgive. But they are unbelievers of his word then because it says boldly come to the throne of grace. It says that I, any man must drink my blood. You, we have to go to the cross. You have to go. Don't tell God. Don't, let, make, don't, don't make it like God's got to bring you. No, you are going to feel condemned until you go to the blood and say, he's forgiven me. 
Not a thing. Now it says, don't drink the blood unworthily to where you go to the, where you're saying you're meaning to sin. And you're like, I'll, yeah, I'm gonna, don't worry, I'll repent after that, I'll drink the blood after that. No, that's the wrong heart. But it's when you're, you struggle with things, or you're going at battles with Satan, that's the confidence we now have that when, if we fall, we can get up all seven times because we have the blood. But he will make you think the blood is no more effective for you. And he will even pull up scripture, like that one scripture that says that the blood has made no effect because you crucify Christ over and over. But that's for the people, the, the lasciviousness ones. That they're making the blood of Christ no If the blood of Christ is not to just to forgive you, it's also to come into you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you have to take it up. By the blood of the Lamb, we, they overcame the accuser. John 8, 2 through 11. We've got to break condemnation off of us. We need to break it off of us because that's what's weighing us down. That's what's keeping us from walking boldly. You want to be bold over the enemy? You need to go boldly to the throne of grace. You need the blood of the Lamb every single day of your life. It's not just when you got saved. You need it every day. You need to drink it every day by faith. Every day. And it says that if you want to bear more fruit, it says that bear fruit in keeping with repentance. See, just because you do something tomorrow, no, it says it's repentance and the blood. But we say, oh no, like, I still have this flesh. Yeah, you still have this flesh, but go crucify it at the cross. Take it to the cross. Take it under the blood. The blood will clean it. So you want to ease your crucifixion? Well, you're actually not crucifying your, your flesh in the right manner because really, if we were go, go to the cross and repent and we, like, and we believe that he'll wash us clean, you'll start to see it'll start to, that flesh will start to die in you. But it says... Kill the, mortify the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. Some of us are trying to mortify the deeds of the flesh by the flesh. In our own strength. For you have striven to over, to, against sin in your own... In your, I forget how he says it to them. But you have striven against sin in your own strength or something like that, he says. Unto death. But see, we don't strive to, to try to... We don't strive to do that. We strive... And we go boldly to him and he does it. And there's things that, there's things that we go through or whatever, God, whatever, I don't, God, who knows what God, why God does some things, but we go boldly and we say, no, this, I'm a new creation now. No, that's the old man. And we go and we stand back, but that, that is bought forever. See, but it's, like I said, it's not for the people that are fooling around, that are using, but the ones that are, are it says those that lust after the flesh, or, or those that are after the flesh walk, it's, it's, or those that are after the Spirit no longer walk in condemnation. Those that are in Christ, are, are, there is no more condemnation, in the, but for those that walk after the Spirit and not the flesh. So the flesh, if we're after flesh, we will, condemnation will come out, uh, upon us. When we, walk, when we stumble on the flesh, there's, there's a difference between stumbling upon flesh and walking after the flesh. See, it's like, I don't want to do that thing, but it's the enemy coming on to me, and I fell, but I get back up. But when you're after and you want it, you will have what you want. You can't have the blood. You can't have the blood and have what you want at the same time. You need to want all of him. That's why our will is the most important thing out of all things, because if our will does not change, our flesh will not change. You need to kill your will before you kill your flesh. So actually, the root of your flesh is actually 
your will. Oh, well, Satan made me do it. But really, you want to do it. So you need to kill that part of you. Or else you will keep saying, well, I keep going to the cross. I keep... No, but how about kill the desire in your heart? Well, I keep thinking the same thought, but in your heart, you still want to think that. You, you, you like the bitterness. You like the anger. You, so you actually need to rip it, rip the desire out. Or else you just keep ripping fruit off, and you're wondering why you keep going around the mountains, because you need to cast the mountain into the sea, the whole mountain. Not keep cutting the top off, not keep cutting the fruit off the tree. You need to get that, take the axe to the root, like it says. And I had a dream last night too, and God gave me the, the main scripture he wanted, and I'm going to about to read it right now. And it was interesting in the dream because I went up to go preach this message that I'm preaching right now in the dream, and I was looking for a certain scripture, and this is the scripture that came, that came in the dream. And then I was somewhere, and there was a bunch of children, and, and, I was, and then I, got, I started getting like excited and, and getting ready to preach to them. Then I'm like, kind of like asking, like, God, what is that about? What was the children about? But God was telling me that he's raising, through this word, he's going to take us out of childish things. He's going to take us, he's going to mature us through this word. Because there's a lot of things that we're going around the mountain for no reason. And God is not even going with you. The enemy keeps bringing you around. Oh, well, you did this wrong. Oh, well, they think this of you. Oh, it's condemnation. It's the accuser of the brethren. It's the devil making you believe lies again and again and again. Oh, they think I did this wrong. Oh, whatever, you know, that, but it's the devil because you need to pay attention. See, our barometer for right and wrong is the conviction that is of God, is, 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 is his reproof of us. But he comes onto us, not with a condemning spirit. The devil comes onto us. And even if the devil comes onto us and he's even right in a sense, we still go to God. We don't, you don't repent to the devil, you repent to God, but you repent to God to get the devil off of you. So, but you cannot let Satan be your master in this area because this is where he will trick you. It says that we are not uh, fooled by the devices of the enemy. You need to know the devices of the enemy. This is another device of the enemy. Why do you think people get so religious? Because the enemy brings them under the letter and says, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not doing this. Look, Paul didn't allow this in the church or that in the church, but you are or whatever. You need to know by the Spirit. You can't know by a strange voice. Strange voices are coming in and they're coming upon you and they're making you burn, but it's burn, you're burning for religion. You're burning for people to be right with, morally right, but not right with God. See, that's what the devil will deceive you. What does it say? Form of God is denying the power. They have a form of godliness. They think because of their walking, right, that they're right with God, but it's actually the power that brings a right form of godliness and keeps it on you. He says, I will write the law, the, the, the law on their hearts. See, you're still trying to live by the law in your mind, but you need to live by him and he'll write the law in your heart. The mind needs to be set on him and the law will be set on your heart. But you're trying to set your mind on the law and death is coming to your heart. And every time you try to receive from the Spirit, it's always filtered through the flesh. It's always, oh, 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 oh. And you're getting lower, burden, burden, burden. But we need to start receiving from the Holy Ghost, from the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit that, that of meekness and gentleness. We're going to get to that. There's a, actually, you know what? Let me read that one now. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight and twenty nine. Come on to me, all ye that heavy, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Come on to me, all that you struggle with sin. Come on to me, all that you have the burdens of the world, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my yoke, upon you, and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. I am meek, I am lowly in heart. Come learn from me. He is not, he does not dictate over you. He does not lord over you. He does not thrash at you. He leads you. He guides you. And you know what the craziest thing about God is? Legalism will say God is, God will come onto you and condemn you. But you know what's actually even scarier? Is the real God, not Satan acting like God, the real God, if you don't repent, he just lets you walk away. And then you don't even, then if you're not in touch with what's going on, then it's, it's, that, it's that fear of the Lord, like, oh, I'm apart from him. He doesn't come and say, oh, now you're going to hell. Now this, now this happened, this happened. That's the enemy. You can't receive. See, then, then we get correction or we get dreams. And every time we get a correction or a dream from God, that's why God sometimes has to stop correcting some people because every time they receive it, it's all through condemnation and they beat themselves up. If you're beating yourself up, it's condemnation. If you're, if you're, it's like self-infliction, really, but in the spiritual realm. Maybe some people self-inflict themselves in the flesh because it's a fruit of their self-infliction on their spirit, man. They're beating themselves up, right? No regrets. Looking on the, the enemy will bring up your, that's how you know it's the enemy. If the enemy brings up yesterday, God's mercies are new every morning. If he brings up yesterday, you know it ain't God. The enemy, God only brings up something from yesterday to show you about today, something that's in your heart. But if the thing is out of your heart, he doesn't go back and rehash it with you. He forgets all your sins and casts them as far as the east goes to west. So you need to know. You shouldn't be going around your past. That's what young children in the spirit do. Not children. I'm talking about like young ones that, that have, no, have no knowledge not from God, not knowledge of the world. Of course, religion will tell you you need knowledge of the Bible. You need to know, and if you're not reading the book of Enoch, you definitely got no knowledge. Like, no, you need to have knowledge from above that has oil on it, that has power on it. It's the, the tree of life. So when I eat it, it brings life to my bones. If it's bringing death to my bones, this is bringing me to anger. If it's bringing me to strife, it's, if it's bringing me to condemn myself, it is from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But if it's bringing life and it's, it's, see, you know when the Holy Spirit convicts you because you want to, then you want to do right. Then you, you come in agreement. It's, the, it's the, just like it says, to, he, uh, Paul says, he says, the Spirit itself uh, bears witness with my spirit that I am a child, that we are children of God. He will bear witness that you are a child of God, but he will also bear witness of the things that the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit will bear witness of the things that Jesus speaks. The Holy Spirit will bring back every word that Jesus spoke. The Holy Spirit will bring back every word that he spoke. But it will not lead you to want to condemn yourself. It will lead you to want to repent. So if it's leading you to repent, then it's God. If it's leading you to want to just quit and give up and not do it anymore, you better cast it down and move on and get up. Because it's the enemy. You get, if you don't know this, you get fooled by it. Then you start sitting down with people and saying, oh, I think I'm, God's telling me this, I'm doing wrong, that I'm doing wrong, oh, blah, blah, I'm a terrible person. Oh, no, son, no, daughter. 
You were just listening to the enemy. None of that you were doing wrong. What are you even talking about? And God's like, what are you even saying? I didn't, did I convict you of that? Did I tell you that? No. So who are you listening to? A strange voice? The voice of a stranger they shall not follow. The shepherd's voice. The shepherd leads. The stranger takes away. The shepherd empowers and strengthens. The, the wolf comes to devour. If it's coming to devour you, you need to shut the lion's mouth. You have authority over him. The accuser of the brethren will come and every word that he speaks, it will be condemning. And why do people preach with condemnation? Because they live from condemnation. Why do pre people preach from fear? Because they live from fear. Why do people preach from lust? Because they live from lust. Where are they living from? That's what, where they'll preach from. If they're living for God, they'll preach from God. If they're living for the truth and walking in it, they will preach it to you. When you want to know who's, what preacher's right and what preacher's wrong, you need to ask yourself to, for God to give you discernment on what this preacher is after, what this preacher wants. Those that are after the Spirit, they will have the mind of the Spirit. They will mind the things of the Spirit, and this, the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. But why are you not in life and peace? Because you are after the flesh, minding the flesh. See, maybe you need to change what you're after and not what you're thinking about. And when you change what you're after, what you're thinking about will change. Your thoughts sometimes are fruits of your desires. You, you want a car or something like that, it'll constantly, the thoughts will start, keep coming to your mind. And, and so I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm just saying in general, just as a, a principle. You want this or you want that. You want, uh, I don't know. You name it. You want something in, in uh, you want a certain sin, then you always be, the enemy will just come in and be, oh, he wants that. So I can come, I'm allowed to come in with these thoughts. What do you want? What do you desire? That's really what you need to be addressing. Oh, I, I want to uh, 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 go rob a bank, but I, I'm trying not to do it because God said, don't steal, but you want to do it. That's, you don't have to rob any bank, but in God's eyes, you're still a robber because that's now you. You want to do that. That's what you're living for. Oh, I don't want, I'm, you know, he said, what did he say to, to the Pharisee? He said, if any man just thinks upon a woman, he's already, he's already committed adultery with her in her heart. So when I, even when I'm already desiring the woman, I'm not, can't cheat, you know, I got my wife, I got my kid. I got, but you already want her. You've already done it in God's eyes. You're already offended, so yeah, you're already murdering a brother or sister in the spirit. You need to cast those things down, but you need to get it out of your heart. See, you're casting things down, and they keep coming up because you need to get it out of the heart. Address the heart, and the mind will be in line with the heart. The heart is like the center of the body, and the rest of the body flows. The blood, what is the blood? The blood flows through the heart and goes to all the body parts. But if the blood is contaminated, the rest will be contaminated. And that's like the heart and the mind. The mind will be contaminated by the will of the heart. So we need to will what he wills. We need to want what he wants. Like that one message that Shane preached a while ago. I forget what it was called, but it was about wanting what he wants and only what he wants. Why do you, not, why do you ask and you not receive? Because you lust after but if it is according to the will of God, you will receive it.
That's what it says, according, if it is according to the will of God. So we need to know what is the will of God. And the word also tells us what the will of God. Cast out demons, cleanse the sick, heal the, uh, uh, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick. Go on to all the nations. There's things that you already know by the word that he wants. And then there's specific things you need to know by the spirit that he wants. But you need to be in line with what he wants or else you will not receive it. Because then you'll be wanting in lust. If any man does anything not by faith, it is sin unto him. You, if you will not do it by faith, see it says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the what? The word of God. So if I don't hear it from God, if I don't hear it from this word, it will not be by faith. Because the word actually spews faith, imparts faith to me. So I need to hear the word to get faith. I can't just walk in my own faith and say, well, I have faith. If I jump off this cliff, I'll be saved. But Jesus said, do not tempt the Lord thy God. When the devil came to him and said, jump off this thing and the angels will pick you up. Now, I mean, I'm not saying nothing, but if God told you to do it, then he will. He will but I, that's, I, don't, I don't know. That's a little challenging. Yeah. I don't think you'd be even thinking about doing it in your own faith. <laughs> but he said, walk on the water. And he walked on the water, right? Because was, he was listening. He believed Jesus and he did it because he was his mind was stayed upon his word. His mind was stayed upon Jesus said, I can walk on this water. But the minute that he looked on something that can convince him of not being able to do or not having that ability, that's when he fell in. So your mind needs to be set on the word. John 8, 2-11. Jesus went on to the Mount of Olives, and in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came on to him, and he sat down, and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken into adultery in the very act. See, here they come. And just like the devil, look, he did, the, he did this, God. Look, what did it say in that earlier verse? It said that the devil goes before, that God, before the Lord thy God coming to accuse the servants night and day. And here he comes, somebody else that could receive from God trying to condemn them. Now Moses, see, there's, you have the accuser of the brethren, and then you have the accusers of the accuser of the brethren. See, there's people, the, the devil's constantly accusing us, and then people come in agreement when they, get, when, they, when they come against God's word or they're in rebellion or whatever. They come in agreement with the devil, and then all the accusations that come from his mouth start to be on someone that's in the physical realm's mouth. They start coming in agreement and then people start coming to accuse you. But really it's not them accusing, it's them being used by the accuser. See, if we have a spirit of condemnation on ourselves, everything we do will be accusing. It will be full of, we will be full of accusations. But when it's by the Spirit of God, He comes and He convicts and He moves. See, that's why we have to be walking in the Spirit. Because when it's time to correct somebody, when it's time to show somebody something, God will back it and God will move on it and God will convict the person or God will, will, will show up. And if they don't receive, they don't receive you dust off your feet, but it'll still be God and He'll still back it and He'll still bring signs and wonders. But if it's the devil, they won't even want to hear you. Or they'll feel condemned by you and then they listen to you and then they try to do it, but they do it in their own strength because God never spoke through you to tell them that. 
then they're, they're trying to live up to your word and not his word. See, when I speak and when I correct or when I speak the word of God or something, I don't want them to be living for, for me because I told them. I want to do it from him so that when I tell them, they know it was from him and they say, oh, I better do it because I'm accountable to God. I don't want them to be accountable to Joe. I want them to be accountable to the Holy Spirit. See, that's the difference of speaking by the flesh and the spirit, the word of God, because if you speak it by the flesh, Either people won't receive it or they'll try to receive it, but it'll be a heavy burden. The flesh is a heavy burden. The flesh is the, is the yoke that is not easy, is the uneasy yoke. But the spirit is life, is peace. He will leave peace unto them if they receive it. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman unto him taken, taken in adultery, and when they had set in her midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken into adultery in the, in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. See, the law commanded us she's supposed to die right now. See, that's what the devil will do. The devil will go to the law and say, now, you're not so, now you shall not live. Now you shall. See, he takes what you do wrong and he's ready to stone you. He's ready to end you. Or he will make you think you're doing something wrong. Like when I was, and I was thinking today, when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about when I was young in the faith and I didn't know much. And the devil came on to me because, of course, I didn't know a lot. And he used the letter and said, well, and believe it or not, you can laugh at me all you want. I know we got all our mistakes. We all make mistakes. We all walked in wrong paths. But I, I, when I first got saved, I, I didn't allow myself to eat pork. Or I didn't allow myself to eat certain foods. See, the kingdom of God is not by eating and drinking. It's by joy, righteousness, and peace. It's by the word. It's by living holy life, not a matter of food. What do you think Peter was doing when the, when, the, when the Old Testament tells him, you shall not eat any unclean things, spiders, scorpions, all these things, but then he's on the roof of his house and he gets a vision. Or it's, yeah, he gets a vision. And then it says, kill and eat. Scorpions, spiders, all these things, all the unclean things, kill and eat. What do, you, what do you think's going through his mind at that point? God, are you telling me to come against the word? Are you, are you telling me to come against the law? Isn't the law the schoolmaster? Isn't the, but, but that, what? And then, of course, he was telling him to go on to the, the Gentile, because that now they are clean to receive the gospel. But what is, what is the devil going to try to do to you? What burden is he going to try to put on you? That's my point. Is if, the, if it's not from the Holy Spirit, it will take you back onto the bondage of the old. And what the bondwoman, right? We talked about the bondwoman. We talked about as that being an old man. But you can also see the bondwoman also as the law. Because when you come in agreement and you try to live by the letter, then what happens? Because God is not on it. You're going back. To, the, the law is like the tree of life. So you're going back to the tree of life. It's producing death, right? When you go to the tree of, 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 or sorry, the tree of knowledge of good and evil produces death. The tree of life makes you walk in life in peace. Whatever. Produce the baby. It was God didn't say anything about it. Whatever. See, back in those days, those were some different days. Don't be trying to walk in something like that. <laughs> those are some different days, boy. <laughs> but anyway, and then you got some people that go to that and they're like, well, let's go to uh, Mormonism because the Bible, you know, whatever. We're not going to get into that. But when he you know, did whatever with Hagar. You can see her as, the, well, it calls her the bomber, but you can see her as the law. And then the production was the flesh, was Esau, or not Esau, the other one, Ishmael. 
the flesh. See, the, law, the letter will make you think, oh, this is right, and then you'll walk in the flesh. See, even the flesh produces flesh, but even the law produces flesh, because the law, it says that it increases the power of sin. That doesn't mean the law is bad. No, but Jesus came to fulfill the law that we would now live by Him. And in Him, we would be empowered to, through Him to be right and sta- righteous standing before God until the end. Walk with white robes. I have seen few of you in Sardis that have not sold their garments and they will walk with me in white. And people are saying this once saved, always saved. Well, why would it say that then? If they're already saved, why do they have to keep their garments white to walk with Him in white? See, but if you're going by the letter, you're going to think everything you're doing is wrong because you're going to feel condemned by the letter, but the Spirit convicts and leads. The Spirit, and you're going to see right now what happens, you're going to see the difference because what did they just say? But our law says we must stone her. See, this is, right now, this is the law versus the Spirit right now. Right now, what's in this place, this scenario right now, is the tree of life. Of the, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right now facing off right here in this scenario. Them coming with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Pharisees, and Jesus coming with the tree of life. They say unto, unto him, Master, this woman taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law, Moses in the law, see Moses can go in the promised land. And that's also kind of pretty prophetic that he couldn't go into the promised land because the law will not be able to take us into the promised land. The letter will not be able to get us to where we need to. Although we use the letter as a witness, we need the witness of the Holy Spirit that will speak and lead us onto all truth. The letter will lead us onto the carnal truth, but the Spirit will lead us onto all truth in spirit. See, truth, see, that's where they get it wrong. Well, I'm worshiping him in the truth. But they, you know, one thing I notice about people that are bound up in the letter and legalistic is they always, well, God says worship him in, in, in spirit and in truth, but they, they, they emphasize that truth part. Well, I'm walking in the truth. I, I know all the things about the Bible. But they, but they miss the point about that spirit part. What about in spirit? What did he mean by in spirit? Well, he just meant, you know, you know, I have the, the how my, my excitement is about the word or, no. What did it say before that? Read before that. Read a li- go read that passage tonight. Read a little before that. It says, God is spirit. And you must worship me in spirit and in truth. So what was it saying? You need to know him in the spirit. You need to walk. You need to have fellowship with that spirit. It wasn't talking about something else, some spiritual new age stuff. It was talking about his spirit. We need to do all things through. By his spirit, I will give all things I do will be will glorify him because he glorifies himself. But if I just do it in truth, I won't be able to do it unto him. I'll just be doing it for my morals to be good. And then you're trying to go to the judgment. See, people are going to the judgment with the mind that look at all I've done. Look at all. I mean, your works are going to be still going to be burned by fire, or whether or they'll still stand by the fire. But people have the mindset still that they're going to go to before the Lord and say. Look at my rags of righteousness. And, but he's, he's going to say your righteousness the whole time was filthy and you don't even know that. And you've been trying to walk by your own righteousness. But I was walking by the word, Lord. No, but you took my word and made your own, the making of your own righteousness with it. So it's still, even though 
See, some come up with the, their own law. They take the law and then they make another law out of the law. And that start, they start saying, you can't do this. Well, you better not drink that drink because it has that on it. Right? You better not eat that because it has that on it. You better not do that because that came from... Even Paul said, don't even ask where the meat comes from. Because your, it's, your conscience will mess with you. And the devil will use it. But the meat is clean. So pray over it. Cast it out. Eat it. But they'll... You will still find people out there saying, don't eat that, don't drink that, don't do this, don't do that, because they're still under the law. But when you live by the Spirit, we need to know what God approves of and what God disapproves of, because you think this law, it says if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the, we need to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees just live by the simple law. God goes even deeper than that. Where does it say, I'm talking about in the Old Testament. I know in the New Testament we've got some stuff in there. But where does it say in the Ten Commandments, you shall not fornicate with Jezebel? Where does it say in the Ten Commandments that you shall not come under Leviathan's lies? Where does it say that you shall cast down imaginations? It doesn't, right? But by the Spirit, we know that. By the Spirit, Paul knew that and wrote that down. That may not be the letter of the old, but this is now the newness of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. See, he was even talking about two laws that were warring against him. The law of old, he was probably, maybe the enemy was coming on to him, accusing him, saying, hey, you're not doing what you used to do. You're not. See, even there was Jews that were getting saved and they were still preaching the law, telling Gentiles they need to come back to the old and they need to go do the bread and do the Shabbat and do all this stuff. And now we have Jewish Christians who tell people they weren't even Jewish before they got saved. You go do that. Don't tell me to do that, but see how the devil uses it. Because I'm telling you, everything you do, that you will end up telling somebody. When you do that, there's not one person I know that, or that I know, I'm not saying they're not out there, that does all that stuff, that does the Shabbat and does all these things, that... They don't try, they, most of them, all, almost all of them I've met, they all try to bound you with it. There's not one of them that says how Paul genuinely says in the Bible, like, if that's what you, if, you, if you're convinced that, every, that one day is rest, then you go do that. But if another man is convinced that every day is, is the Sabbath, then, you, then let him do that. All men must be convinced in their own mind. So you need to be convinced, but these people, because I know firsthand, I've been there. I've done all that. I've, I've, even the devil tried to deceive me to get into that Jewish stuff. Because the devil will say, let me get you back in the letter and say, look, it even says right here, you shall do, put the little thing on your doors thing or, or, or put the little, make the garments with the, the edged border with the scripture on it or you need to wear that thing. And you're going to be like, oh my God, but that's, that's in the Bible. See, that's old that's the old wineskins now. Now you're getting into it. Now, if you don't live by the old wineskins, and, and then you, people try to do both and live by the new wine, it, it, what does it say? When the new wine comes in the old bottles, it busts. And then you're going to be like so confused. But, and then you're thinking about the blood of the Lamb, but then you're thinking about your works, and you're trying to work out your salvation, but work out the law at the same time. See, we work out our salvation by fear and trembling by the Holy Spirit, the fear of the Lord and the trembling of His presence. Not by uh, to-do lists and rights and wrongs and 
I got to make sure I eat that apple on the good of, uh, tree of good and evil. Because you will be doing that all day, finding something. You will find something until you find something until you find something and you'll never be right. And then you just like, well, this is too much. And then you start turn, creating your own law and saying, well, I don't have to do that. See how religious they get even on themselves. If you're going to do, the, do the law, make sure you do it all. And even on the, the ones, there's, there's scriptures about this. I don't know them by heart, but it even talks about make sure that what, when you do the law, you, you, you observe all of the law. If you're going to start doing law, you better make sure every last thing that he commanded is done. And that's going to be all. If you're going to live by the law on Judgment Day, it's going to be, you're going to measure, be measured by what you measured by. And for those that don't have the law, they'll be measured by their conscience, says the Bible. By what their conscience convicting them, telling them what's right or wrong. But we have the Holy Spirit now. And now we have no, really, we actually have more, less of an excuse. We have, we don't have any excuses because He, the God is with us now. Now it's not, well, I didn't know God, but I told you what to do and what was wrong and that you shouldn't do that. What did it say in the Bible that God doesn't want me to go to a certain person's house or fellowship with a certain person? Because of this, that, or the third, or the... See, there's particular situations that are not written that we have to know by the Holy Spirit or else we will not receive the conviction. And I'm not saying whatever. There's going to be people that are young in the faith and they might miss God or whatever. God has grace on that. But, see, this, that's actually a higher level of righteousness. It is righteousness in Christ, in the Spirit. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that now dwells in us, that leads us and guides us. It leads us, it leads us on to higher things. Because people in the law, they will still, they, you can be under the law, running your own church. And you think you're doing everything right, but you're allowing Jezebel in. Because you, have the, you don't have the new covenant, you don't have the, the Spirit, you won't know that that's a Jezebel. Well, it doesn't say, well, she can do this. It says in the letter, it says that it's fine. Well, I don't see anything in the letter. But God's speaking it by the Spirit. There will be things that I tell you that you have not heard, but you, you cannot bear it yet. There's going to be things that He's going to tell us, even to, down the road or even tomorrow, that you've never seen before and been convicted of that He will convict you of. See, we're growing in conviction. We're growing in righteousness. The Ten Commandments is the base. Thou shalt not, and don't tell me, don't go out and fornicate and say, well, I wasn't convicted. It's obvious. There's, see, there's obvious things, and then there's things that you need to know God to do. And God will have grace because everybody's growing, and some people, but what does it say? Like we said in the beginning, they will have to be accountable for what they know. You, the truth that if you do not do what you know that you're supposed to be doing, I should have described that scripture, but it is sin unto you. What is sin unto you? What did God tell you to do yesterday? God told you to preach yesterday. God told you to pray yesterday, and you didn't do it. That's the sin on unto him it's not written but you need to repent or whatever god god's working with us but the devil will come with condemnation and say the letter the letter the letter the letter you're not praying enough you're not fasting enough you're not reading your bible enough did god tell you did god convict you did god lead you no well what is god saying then don't look at the letter don't look at this don't look at that don't look at well See, when we even create our own, and we may actually be delivered from the letter, we're not doing all that, all those uh, Shemitahs and blah, 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 blah. But we have this creation of a person that we think Christ is, because it says that we should walk like Christ, right? 
So we, we make this own Christ in our head of right and wrong, and we try to live to that standard. And we're actually, and we're actually putting expectations on ourselves that God never did, did do that. See, this Christ that we know of, we don't learn it from, from our own making. See, it's a God of your own making. You're actually, some, some, sometimes we make a Christ of our own making, and when we don't live up to that Christ that we make, we condemn ourselves. But God's like, that wasn't even me to start. I didn't even tell you not to do that. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you not to. What about, see, that's why he gives us conviction. He leads us on the old truth. He shows us, he creates the image of himself in our mind. See, we need to get rid of the images that we've created of him in our mind. And we need to let him create an image that is actually true in reality. Because that image, the image of God, will actually have power. But you, here's the trick, is you can look at the letter and still create a false image of Christ. You're putting two and two together and blah, 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 but God knows all the grooves and the hooves and how it all works together. So you need to, so there's no choice without the Holy Spirit. If you rightly want to walk by the real God, it's unveiled from every person that is not in the Spirit, that does not have the Holy Ghost. It says that if you, you walk in the Spirit, if, the, if so the Spirit of Christ dwell in you, you're in the Spirit. So we're in the Spirit, right? But if we weren't in the Spirit, we could never understand the things that are written because what these things are written are Spirit, and they are life. But through this mind, they are death now. See the two different ways? If you look at it by Him, it's life. If you look at it through your eyes, it's death. Death. You're done. You're not going to be able to live up to it. You're going to condemn yourself. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, which by thou sayest. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. See, accuse him. They were trying to get him on false accusations. And the devil will put you in situations and, and things and, and to set you up to say, oh, look what you did to get you. When more religious people start getting around you, they start setting you up. They start asking you strange questions. They start saying, I had this strange dream last night. And it wasn't even from God, but it was from the devil. But they're trying to get you to react, to get you mad so they can say, look at you. Look how you're reacting. You need to get right with God. But it's all a setup. So you need to know when, how will you ever know if it's a setup, if the devil already leads you on what's right and wrong? Anyway, then he's going to come in agreement with that. See, if when you get the accuser of the brethren off you and you don't listen to his things... Then when somebody comes onto you, you won't come under that subtle witchcraft that comes on you. you. You'll hear the Spirit of God. He'll convict you. And if He doesn't convict you, you cast it out. You cast it down. But if you don't live by that conviction, you're going to say, oh, maybe it is right. Because the, the devil loves to leave you in that place of uncertainty. The place where you don't know. For my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Not, like I said, not the knowledge of the Lord, but the knowledge of the spirit of what is right and what is wrong. The spirit of revelation, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might. If those seven spirits are not teaching us, then we are being taught by a minister of light. The devil comes as an angel of light and, and he dresses his ministers as ministers of light. And they will come onto you and minister you to a false light, an a, a artificial light, and say, this is the way. Oh, there's light there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a little glare in that light there. Whoa, that's a little... Then you start to see. 
But if you start coming to the, under that light and you think you're so holy and, and, and thou, whatever. See, that's where that holy art thou thing comes from is you're walking in the devil's light and you think, and he makes you feel holy art than thou. And you're like, look at me, wow. But see, it's by grace we are saved through faith that we should not boast. See, when God leads us, when God guides us, when God convicts us, it leads us to humility. It, le- it humbles us. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. The, the mighty hand of God, the right hand or the right hand, shall humble you. Christ at the right hand shall humble you under his words, under his, his sayings by the Spirit, under his oracles. See, people want to be humi- walk in humility and they put on this face of humility and they think they're right with God. And, they don't, and the, the devil won't even bother you if you're, if you're walking in a false righteousness. He'll be like, oh, he thinks he's right. So There's a way that seems right to a man, but it brings forth death. By the slight of man's hand. See, I don't want to be thinking I'm right. I want to know I'm right because I know him. But you have to know him to know you're right. But when the devil comes, he's, he's the author. It says... The devil is the author of confusion. So when the devil comes and starts telling you things, and, it's you, and it starts to put a cloud on you, and you start to get confused, you start, no, that's Satan. That's not God you're hearing. God is, did not do that to you. Now, may God come, and the devil tries to confuse you? That, that happens too, but you need to know. The minute it starts taking from your joy and peace and righteousness in him, then that's now Satan's trying to mix with the word. So you don't even realize God will speak to you a word that was from him. He'll convict you. And then the devil will come on the condemnation right after. You'll sit down and you'll, you'll um, be corrected about something or whatever. Or somebody around you might correct you about something. And you receive it all conviction and you're like, yeah, that was so good, blah, blah, blah. And then in the car, here comes the devil. Oh, now, now they got you. So now this, now that. Look, now they're going to think something else of you. Now they're going to, what the heck just happened? You were good, you, were, you left peaceful, and now you're all of a sudden condemned because the devil started speaking and you listened. You need to watch the mixture that he comes in. He, com- he comes in with a word after the word. You know, like Jezebel does? The word's spoken and then Jezebel comes in through somebody else and speaks a word and then it tries to mix or, or divert the word. But he'll do that in the spirit too to you and he'll say, yeah, but see, it's like you sit down, you, you talk to someone, you correct someone, right? And they receive it, and two days later, they're ready to kill you. What just happened? You just, I, you, we were just sitting down, I talked to you, God let me, whatever. And you were like, yeah, you're right, brother, yeah, you're right, sister, this, that, and the third, but then two days later, you, you want to kill me? What? Like, I thought we were cool, man. No. The devil doesn't care about your unity. He doesn't care that you just mended the tie. He doesn't care that you just repented. He will come and try to undo your repentance and try to make you think, oh, yeah, they were right. Oh, wow. Then he'll try to twist the conviction and say that was the devil. But the condemnation will come upon you. It'll still be upon you. And you'll know that you're wrong. But it's because of pride. Pride will keep condemnation on you because you don't want to repent. So pride, sometimes the root of condemnation, is the root of why the enemy is allowed to stay. I need to get through this scripture because I'm not even, <laughs> I keep stopping every two minutes. They said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, 
He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted. See, God's word, Jesus' word to them even convicted the Pharisees. That's how powerful Jesus is, that he can even convict somebody that is not even for him. See, but the enemy will condemn you, but God will con- Even God's enemies, he convicts them. He still doesn't even condemn them. He came not into the world not to, con- to condemn the world, but not even to condemn the religious. Even that, that angel that battled Satan over, or yeah, with Satan over the, the body of Moses, he made sh- it even says that he made sure that he did not bring any accusation against him, that the devil would use it and twist it and turn it. Don't give the devil anything because he will turn it and twist it. Some things you can't even say to certain people because they will turn it and twist it. They will use it to turn it on you and condemn you. He said, that, no, I did it. Who's where are they going to believe? Well, whoever, whoever's God they, they are, they're listening to, God or Satan. Negative, people who are, who are under a negative spirit will come in negative agreement. If I'm in the spirit and somebody comes with me in negative agreement, I know that ain't God because it starts to come upon me and I start to feel... All these type of ways, it says, think on those things that are lovely and pure, but it won't be lovely and pure. It'll make me want to get in the flesh. See, when God speaks to you, it makes you want to get in the spirit. When the devil speaks to you, it makes you want to get in the flesh. It makes you want to get you angry and frustrated. You're beating yourself up. Well, whoa, whoa, take the tape back. Look what he, look what he, he just came onto you and said. Now cast that down and get back in freedom. He's the spirit, where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if, this, if there's no freedom to it, it's the spirit of condemnation. But the spirit of condemnation is no separate spirit. It is the devil. It is the accuser of the brethren. He comes night and day to do it to you. See, back in the Old Testament, the accuser of the brethren went to God to accuse the servants. But now in the New Testament... Because of the blood and because of the righteousness of Christ in us, he comes to accuse you so that you'll stop believing and you'll fall away from the faith. He comes, uh, he's, he comes on the God, but he also comes to you. See, he wants to, what he wants to do with God is he wants to stop God from blessing you, stop God from promoting you, because look, he's not doing this, but he'll come on to you. And if he can't get anything with God, he'll come on to you and bring a false accusation and say, oh, look, you're not even doing that. You're not doing that right. But God, did God tell you you're not doing that right? You're, you're, you're doing that wrong? Whatever. Then every, time, then every time somebody comes and tells you you're doing this wrong, you're going to believe them because you believe in the enemy every two minutes. You need to believe God and you'll believe no man that is not from God. You're getting in the lion's den every two minutes because you keep letting the one that prowls around like a roaring lion keep roaring in your mouth and you keep fainting on, upon it. You need to cast out the lion. You need to get in the spirit. Get the fire going. The lion will run away from the fire. The beasts of the, of the, of the forest, they, don't, they run away from light. Because they know. Why? Because they know there's humans there. They don't want to interact with humans. But you need to be in the light. And you won't receive from the darkness. So when they continued to ask him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. See, even the Pharisees, they could have been, well, they were a little bit living by the laws, right? Why didn't they just say, because they, they knew they weren't living by the law. If they were living by the law, they would have said, I can't, well, I'm not doing nothing wrong. See, all the, the law givers were the law, uh, the ones that were coming against the law and not actually coming under it. 
So right there, Jesus just proved that they're all not living by what they say they're living by. But they still, because of pride, they still wanted to come against him. Jesus saw, but they didn't see it, so they don't know that we're wrong with the law. But Jesus knows. And now they know that he knows. So now they're trying to, then you see after the scripture, then they start going, well, what about Abraham and our father's Abraham? And they go on to that whole thing. He just said he's, a, see, when they can't get you on one thing, they will try to get you on another. He just said he was equal with God by calling himself a son of God. And then when they can't get you on lies, they just twist the truth that you're believing, even though it's still truth, but they try to confuse younger ones that don't know the truth. He just said he has all power and authority over Satan and demons. Are you kidding me? Uh, hello, go read Matthew. Go read Mark, Luke, and John. He says you have the keys to the kingdom. But then they'll go to the little ones and come on your post and say, look what he said, but you better know the word. That's why it says study to show yourself approved because then when you show yourself approved to the Pharisees, they will shut up. Or they will, they will just come up because they have no rightful accusation. They will come up with a false accusation saying he cast out demon by Beelzebub. See, they couldn't show that in the word that he was doing that. They just said it because that was the only thing they could say at that point because they couldn't catch him on anything else. So if I cast out demon by Beelzebub, so then you need to know how to answer. You need to be in spirit. If you're not in spirit and you're living by the letter, you'll try to think of something Jesus said, but God is saying something else to them in that moment. See, Jesus' word is never ending. He still speaks, but everything he does does not come against his, says does not come against his word. They're going to say, you know, see, there's all different types of people that will come against you, and God knows exactly what will make them shut their mouth or turn around. You need to know what God's saying and stop. Well, what would this person say? What would the Bible say about that? What would, no, God will speak and then what you say will be confirmed in the Bible. God will speak and it'll be from the Bible. You don't even know it's in the Bible. Have you ever had that happen to you? You speak something you're like, you realize later, oh my God, that was in the Bible the whole time. So we need to be in this. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh because the, the spirit will always, he's the light, the lamp unto my feet so when there's a rock or there's something to stumble over, I will see it and I will veer away from it when I'm in the spirit. But when I'm in the flesh, I'm trying to go to God but I don't have the light unto my lamp. I'm trying to live by the letter and I just keep stumbling over everything. That's how people are that live under the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that live under the law, that live by their own Christ or form of Christ. See, your intentions might be good but, but it's, sometimes it's zeal without knowledge. Sometimes you're striving to arrive to something that he already gave you at the cross, but because you don't have that understanding, here you are. God's, your heart may be right, but you're going after and you keep stumbling over every little rock because you are not letting God teach you and be teachable. See, we need zeal, but we also need the counsel and might and, and understandings and revelations from the seven spirits of God. Because... When we have knowledge from God, we'll be able to overcome everything he throws at us, the devil. And again, he stooped down and run on the ground and they were it, being convicted by their own conscience. Even their own conscience convicted them. One out, one by one, being the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing, the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are thine accusers? See, God comes and he removes all the accusations of the enemy. But he doesn't say, go do what you were do doing. What does he say to her? Hath no man condemned thee? 
And what, and what did he do next? He convicted her to walk in righteousness. See, he will, he will, reprove, the, he will reprove the saints. He will convict the saints of not only sin, but of judgment and of righteousness. When he convicts me of sin, he convicts me to walk in righteousness and have power over the sin. He doesn't convict me of the sin and say, now you're not right before God. So, oh, sucks, right? No, the blood speaks a better word. The Holy Spirit reminds you of the blood, but the devil reminds you of the blood you just spilled. The Holy Spirit will say, well, you just, you just had an offense. You just cursed out your brother. You just, did, you just said raka to your brother. Now you are in danger of judgment. But the blood, see the condemnation, he will make sure to keep you down. He will make sure that you, he will try to keep you away from repentance because the devil does not want you to repent. And when the devil gets you to repent of something that you didn't even do, he will flip it around and say, he will, he, he, the devil can even make you, lead you to think you're doing something wrong or you're doing or whatever, and, and you give into it. And then he'll flip it around and say, see, if let's say God, the devil said, oh, you should bring, uh, you should wear this shirt to church. And I give in to him, the voice of condemnation, right? Some people feed that voice so much, it's on their whole life. Everything they do is wrong. They can't even, then when they sit at the table, they're like, they have to, everything's in order because they feel everybody's watching them because that's how you live when you're under condemnation. But the devil can tell me, you're supposed to wear black and, and, and red today or something. Then I come, then I wear the black and red and I go to church. You're not, you weren't supposed to wear black and red. He'll, flip, he'll, he'll mess with you. He'll make you give in to him and then switch it back on you and then keep you in this downward spiral until you just say, I give up. This is too hard. I give up. This is because it wasn't God the whole time. He keeps bringing you around in circles and circles and circles and circles. And then you hear the word and you're like, oh, I can't do this. Because... You need the spirit of conviction. You need to look for God to convict you. If you don't know something, you go to God and He shows you and He convicts you. But He doesn't tell you to do something and then flip it around and say you did the wrong thing. No, that's the enemy taking you around the mountain. He will, and the more you keep beating that thing, the more you keep giving in, He will keep taking you around and around and around and around and around. You'll spin so much, you'll faint. What did it say? Faint not. In the last day, faint not because the enemy is making people fall away. They are getting weary in well-doing. But sometimes your well-doing will be the enemy's well-doing and he'll make you live to another standard of, of, of godliness that God's not even leading you onto yet. See, we're growing in the faith and then, but we have to keep, we need to let God grow us and try, stop trying to understand things that he's not ready to tell us yet or show us yet. What did he say to the disciples? There's some things I have to tell you, but right now I cannot tell you because you cannot bear it. There's some things that, there's some truth that God's going to be showing us tomorrow, next week, two weeks from now, years from now, but he's telling us at that time because he knows at that time it'll be ready for them to bear it and it'll be, I will empower them. He'll, he can empower you to do anything. But it's in his timing. When he wants, he's the creator. Who are we, the clay, to tell the, the clay maker to form me this way or form me that way? Jesus was left on the woman standing there. Let's fast forward and saw none but the woman and said unto her, Woman, where are there accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. 
See, he does not condemn thee. He did not come to the world to bring condemnation. He came to save it, save you, save me. He's saving us. And go and sin no more. See, he's convicting us to sin no more. He's convicting us to get us to change. To, he, he, he leads us to get us to want to do it. It's the, it's, it's the Lord inside of you that, gets, that wills and does in you. But the devil doesn't want you to repent. He wants you to hear a false accusation and then just quit or do something else or, or give in to another spirit or whatever. Oh, you're not, see how, you know, even some of these, these guys that get into this false love, you know what God showed me about them? Is the enemy comes in and they confront Jezebel, they confront some sort of spirit or whatever. And then the enemy comes in and says, oh, you're not loving enough. And then they're like, oh, you're right, I am. That was a little harsh, right? It was, see, but it wasn't God. It wasn't the conviction. And the enemy will come in and tell them they're wrong. And then they slowly start saying, oh, I am not loving enough. They come in agreement. Two or more come in agreement, there it shall be done. Then they start seeing, looking at other parts of life that God's not showing them. Oh, I'm not loving. Look at that. Look what I did there. Look what I did this. And then the enemy works with the rest of his little demons and minions. And then a, a false love gospel starts coming out to them and entertaining them. Then they're like, oh, I need more love. And then they start trying to figure it out. And God's not even on it the whole time. And then they start giving into a false love and say, yeah, I need more love. And then they start trying to act more kind. And then they start tolerating Jezebel. Then they start tolerating, well, I'm just loving them. But Jesus said, I come to seek and save which thou lost. He's coming to save them. And you're trying to allow them to be lost. See, it's not love when we allow people to continue walking down the wrong path and we know they're walking down the wrong path, but they don't know they're walking down the wrong path, but God wants you to tell them that they're walking down the wrong path. But because you don't want them to, you don't want conflict, you don't want uh, uh, confrontation, you don't want to hurt anybody, but look what this verse says right here. See, we don't want to hurt anybody, but see, God doesn't hurt us but he, he takes out things. Sometimes when the, the desires of my heart and the pride of my life is taken out, it hurts because I relied on that so much. But God is not hurting our spirits. God is not hurting what he's given us. God is not hurting anything that he's, any goods that he gave us. He's plundering the goods of the enemy. But what does it say here? Hosea 6.1 Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He, see, he will rid you out of your old self, but he will give you a new self. God doesn't take something out of you to leave you destitute and feeling like you're empty. He heals you to restore you. For he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. But the enemy wants to wound you. The enemy wants to hurt you, but never heal you. The enemy wants to wound you, but never bandage you. He wants you to stay like that so that the wound can keep getting bigger. And he'll keep telling you to pick at it, pick at it, pick at it, pick at it. Then all of a sudden, that little scab, I don't, some people know what I'm talking about. I've never had it, but I've seen other people. They pick out that scab and it gets bigger and bigger. And they keep peeling away at the skin. And then a little tiny problem became a big deal. And now there you are in the hospital. But that's what we do in the spirit. And the enemy will get us to pick out our old wounds and get us back to going back to those old things that we struggled with. Oh, see, you're still, oh, look, oh, 
oh, I, you just got delivered from something yesterday and the enemy still tries to convince you, tries to get you to eat it again and then here you are picking at it, picking at it. Oh, they don't love me. Oh, this has happened. Oh, no. How do you let the wound heal? You don't touch it. You don't pick at it. So the enemy will tempt you. See, this, where does it say that in the Bible? That the enemy will tempt you to pick at your wounds. Nowhere, but it's by the oracles of God. It's by the Spirit of God you're being spoken to right now. But those in the Spirit will know those in the Spirit, and those in the Spirit will know what is of the Spirit, and those in the flesh will never know, are uncertain, are in the middle. But the temptation to pick at your wounds, that's what the enemy will do, so that you keep drawing them up and you never get delivered, you keep going around the mountain. Why do you keep going around the same things? Because you keep going back at it. You keep picking at them. Luke 15, 18 through 20. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before thee am no worthy to be called thy son. See the condemnation that came upon him, the prodigal son? He went out there and did, came against and took all the inheritance, and here he goes, come back, back, coming back to God. But the Bible says, go boldly to the throne of grace. Go boldly back to your father, knowing that he's a God of restoration. But he comes, oh, Father, I'm not worthy to be a son anymore. See, that's what the enemy will do. You're not worthy to be a son anymore. You can't go back to how you used to be. You can't do that. That's condemnation. Make me as one of thy hired servants. See, then, see, then when you mess up, the enemy will come with false humility. Oh, I just want to be the servant now. I've messed up so much. I can't be the son and take my authority anymore. See how prophetic that is? You can, now he's even coming back to his father. Uh, just make me a servant. I don't have to be your son anymore. You know, they were biological. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, you're not going to be my son anymore. That's how the condemnation came on him. But the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. But the Old Testament, that's why he did that. But now the New Testament says, I will restore. But when he was a great way far off, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was a great way far his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. This is an image of the Father, what he does when we come and repent, and when we, he doesn't come and say, oh, you did terrible today, oh, I can't believe you did that, no. Conviction, oh, he loves me, oh, he just wants me to do right, oh, he leads me onto all righteousness, he guides me by the still waters. His words are peace, and his words are life. The, spirit, uh, the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. It was meant that we should make merry and be glad. For this, thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and now is found. That's the heart of the Father. But the heart of the devil is to keep you in the ground. See, you shouldn't be going on for weeks and days condemning yourself because you know the heart of the Father. If you don't know the heart of the Father, the devil will show you his own heart and then say, this is the Father's heart. And, he, and then you will be worried about going to hell and all these things. When Jesus said, I took death, hell, and the grave, all you got to do is get back in the, in the spirit and get out of the flesh. Don't worry about it, son. I love you. You didn't know it was wrong. It's okay. Let's do, let's do the right thing now. No, you didn't. But the devil, the devil, the devil, who will come and make it say, you're doing everything wrong. Condemnation. Oh. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, For our gospel came unto you in word, did not come unto you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost in much assurance. That was one thing God was showing me. I didn't, wasn't going to bring up the scripture, but God felt like God wanted me to speak that. Assurance. See, the, 
the real gospel, the real word from the Holy Spirit, it will come onto you and convince you and assure you that this is the right, the real deal, that this is the right thing. See, right now you're being assured, but if it was by condemnation, you would be not even wanting to be involved in it. You'd be like, you'd be, you'd be, you wouldn't be assured, you'd be so unsure of yourself. See, the gospel makes you assured, but the devil makes you unsure. Which one are you going to be? Which voice are you listening to? You, you can tell a, tr a tree by its fruits. God's fruits aren't fruits of condemnation. God's fruits aren't fruits that will tear you down. But the devil, so when a spirit speaks to you, a strange voice or the voice of the shepherd, ask yourself, what fruit is, is on this right now? Is this fruit leading me to my repentance? Is this fruit is coming out with the fruit of the spirit? Or is this fruit coming to condemn me and get me to give up? That's how you know which one is which. You have to know, you have to master every voice. You have to master which voice is talking to you and when the devil's talking to you. If Jesus didn't know that the devil was talking to him in 40 days and 40 nights, what would he have done? But he knew that it was Satan right there tempting him. Romans 14, 22, Have thou faith, have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And there's a whole thing right here. And I'm not going to go through it all. Romans 14. And we spoke about this earlier. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful dispensation. See, the enemy will get you arguing, going back, arguing with religious people all day, but it's, you never, you never, it's never by faith. It never imparts faith. You're always doubting it. You're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But God comes in and convicts and says, this is, see, faith is knowing. When God comes with faith, you know. When God speaks, you know. When the devil comes, it's a strange voice, so you don't know. The strange voice is, makes you feel strange. It makes you think strange. And you're, what, when something's strange, right, what are you to say? I don't know what that is. When you see something strange on television, I'm like, you're like, what, what did I just watch? Because it's the voice of a stranger, but the voice of the shepherd you do know. See, in your mind, you're like, I don't really know God's voice. But in your spirit, you do know God's voice because every time he speaks, you go by it. And every time he convicts you, even if you don't give in, you know that's right. You know what's wrong. Because you know the shepherd's voice. Your spirit man knows, but your mind might not know, but that's why you got to live in the spirit. Because your spirit will always know that it knows. For him, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another one is who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received them both. Who art thou to judge the man's servant to his own master? To his own master. See, even what we tell people, it has to be by the master, or else we're judging God's servants because we're, we think we're the master. See, you, if we preach or we speak to somebody by our own self, we're trying to be their master. But when we speak by the master, their spirit, the master in them comes in agreement with the master that sent me. So that's why we better speak in, it says, let your words be seasoned with salt. Let it have the Holy Ghost on it, or else it won't be from the master that leads them. You cannot judge us. It's that you cannot judge someone who's not being judged by God, but if God's judging them, then you better judge by the Spirit. So you judge by the Spirit. The Spirit is God. The Spirit will lead you on to righteous judgment, but the flesh will lead you to judge in the flesh. 
but it won't be. He says, I, Jesus said, I judge no man. When they even, even in that, that situation with the, with the woman, I judge no man. But he judges the spirit man. He judges the spiritual things. And we judge no man by the flesh. We judge them, the spiritual aspects of the man. We judge the spirits that are coming upon them, the spirit, the things in their mind. But we don't judge them by color. We don't judge them by race. We don't judge them by something God is not judging them about. But our judgment must be in spirit. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. We spoke about this earlier. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. See, the Holy Spirit persuades you. Why do you think Paul was saying, you know what God really showed me why Paul was saying that? Because he knew that the ones that, were, that weren't, didn't come to that revelation yet, they weren't persuaded. They weren't sure. And he knew that if he said, be fully persuaded, they would go by that and they would say, I'm not fully persuaded though. I just think that I... And, but the ones that are, see, the ones that actually are going by the real, the real deal, they're persuaded. They have faith. It says that if you had, do not do it in faith, it's sin. If you do it in doubt, it's sin. If the man that eateth, it says even at the end, if the man that eateth do it in doubt, it is sin because the faith comes from God. And if it doesn't, if there's no faith on it, you're going to do it in doubt. And that's how you know it's not of God. Because God speaks and your spirit moves with what God speaks. You have to put your hand to the plow, but your spirit is already empowered to do it. Persuaded in his own mind. So when God comes to you and speaks to you, are you persuaded? If not, then it might be the devil. You need to watch which voice you're listening to. Because the devil will come and you will be in confusion. Then you get in regret. Because you're like, oh, I should have done that. I should have done that. I should have done that. Even if you should have done that, God's not going to sit there and say, oh, you should have done it all. He put, puts it away and says, okay, you need to, let's correct the heart and move on. He doesn't go, oh, you should have did that in 1997 and you should have did this in 2007. No, he says, you need to do this today. And you need to do this. From now on until I come back, he doesn't go and give you, see, regret is from the devil. If it is regret, that it's, there's another fruit of the devil, Regret. You got regret in you because you got the voice of the enemy speaking to you and you're coming in agreement with him. Regret is of the devil. Wow. Watch this. It's six. I didn't even realize this was next. He that regretteth the day. I didn't even realize that was there. Regretteth it unto the Lord. And he that regretteth not the day to the Lord, he doeth not regret it. For he eateth unto the Lord. He that eateth, eateth unto the Lord, for he give thanks, and he eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and give thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. See, everything we do needs to be unto the Lord, but we need to be in fellowship with the Lord in spirit to know what the Lord is having us do. You're not living unto the letter. You're not living unto somebody else's letter. You're not living unto what seems right to a man. You're living unto what the Spirit of God is ministering to you. That is living unto the Lord. So what is he saying? Some people live unto what people think about them. Some people live by what, at that time, maybe they were, they were still intimidated by the Jews. What happened to Barnabas? He was intimidated by the Jews sitting there, so he left Paul, who he was preaching the gospel with and casting out demons with, to go sit back with them because... He, the devil, came 
condemned him and said, oh, see, you're not doing this right. Remember, you used to do this. But he was set free from the bondage of sin, on, of, of the law and sin. And the devil, the, the accuser of the brethren came back and said, the law. And he gave in. That's always going to be our temptation, is going to be the enemy bringing us to the tree. Because we say, we're, we, say we're, 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 we got the new Adam, right? And we're back in the garden. We say things like that and we've heard things like that. But, okay, you're in the, in the garden. But that's, that, that temptation to live how religious people live or, or live with a form of godliness is still there again. To go back and live. Like, she said, like Shane said in his message the other night, that people, they live by... By, uh, because they go back to the law because they cannot deal with their flesh. Because we cannot deal with, we cannot walk this, walk out, we go back to doing that because all I had to do was that, all I had to do was this, and I'm clear with God. But God wants to get to the rudiments of you. That's a greater place, the law of the Spirit and life, Christ Jesus. Oh, well, those people that, well, Paul said it. Paul's the one that spoke that law of Christ. And he said, you need to live by this or else... You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to walk out anything that the Lord tells you to do. If you go back to the old law, you're going to go back to the old way you used to do life and the old way you used to feel. So then, 12, we'll go down to 12. For that. So then, everyone who of us shall give account of himself to God, let not then your, God, your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. See, let not your good, he didn't say let not your evil, he said, let not your good be evil spoken of. Let not what you think is righteousness be seen as a form of godliness in the, in the eyes of those that can see. That not, see, and then it talks about, I'm not even going to get to it because of time, but it then talks about doing certain things around a certain brother. You may not be convicted by it, and then you make them stumble. Or because they're not doing how you're, you're called to do it, you you make them stumble and say, you're supposed to do it this way. You're supposed to, you, you should be able to eat these things. Because there's little ones. There's, the, the conscience is weak. And we can wound somebody by trying to get to arrive to our righteousness or a righteousness that God is not even, hasn't even taught them yet or is, or is not teaching them at that time. You can, make, you can be a stumbling block to the brethren. We cannot be stumbling blocks but the flesh is really the stumbling block. So if we walk in the Spirit, we'll never be a stumbling block. Is that hard? Yes. Does the flesh want us to get, to, tries to pressure us and do all these things? To, yeah. And then we sometimes make people stumble. And when we offend our brother, we, go, we settle it. But we have to be in the Spirit if we don't want to be a stumbling block. The flesh, even if you use the letter, it will still be a stumbling block. And then you're coming to someone with a message that they can't even understand... And because they have lack of understanding, they stumble over it, and, they, and then God has to come in and clean it up. But when it's by the Spirit, they get it, and they bear witness with it, and they don't stumble over it unless they're resisting it. See, resisting and stumbling are two different things. Stumbling because I don't understand is one thing. Resisting because I don't want to know that, or because I don't want it, is another thing. For he that is in Christ is acceptable to God and approved by of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify. See, not just peace with men, but peace with God. The word, conviction, God comes to get you right to be, make him. See, God doesn't, isn't, doesn't be at peace with us like we're at peace with each other. 
he makes himself at peace with us by making, making us at peace with his word. So when he comes to convict us, he leads us in, to, to, on the peace to get us to be at peace with him again. Because when we rebel or come against his word, and even if we don't know something, he's not, it's not that he's angry at you or, oh, you're doing that wrong. No, he comes on you and shows you because he knows you don't know. But when it gets onto the other thing that you don't want to be a part of under, where the enemy starts coming in, is when he told you and you resist it. But we have to constantly be under that. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine or anything whereby the brother shall stumbleth or, or be offended. Have thou faith, have it thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself. In which thing he, will, he alloweth. Happy is him that condemneth not himself in what he alloweth. Well, I can do this, but I can't do that because I condemn or whatever. You, we cannot allow the Satan to lead us in the things that we allow ourselves to condemn ourselves over. We can, and when, but when we sin, we will, will condemn ourselves anyway. And, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So he's your barometer. Do it by faith. Do it by his word. Don't do it by uncertainty. Corinthians 7, 2, 12. We've got two more and we're done. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of all flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that ye are in our hearts to die and live with you. And it, let's skip down a little bit. And then five goes on to, For we were come unto Macedonia. Our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side without fighting within fears. Nevertheless, the comfort that comforteth those that are cast down. Thou, God, comfort us comforts us when we're cast down. God comforts us when we're uncertain. God comforts us. He is the comforter. The devil doesn't comfort you. If it's not the comforting of the Holy Spirit, it's condemnation. If it's the comforting of the Holy Spirit, it's God. But we will not be comforted if we don't want to hear what God says. And we will be comforted if we do want to hear what God says. And that's how we know it's Him because He comes to comfort us. See, when God comes, but we resist... It's more like he comes and shows us, but it's not, he doesn't show us like ready to beat us up. He shows us to, to lead us and we resist it. And then, then he lets us go like the prodigal son. Did the, when the prodigal son left, did his, did his father chase after him? No. That's what, and God will let you go. And then what does it say in the Bible? That he, you let some of these for the, go out for the destruction of their flesh that their spirit might be saved. Some people you have to let go because then the, the devil will come on them and then all these things will happen and then they'll, they'll be convinced they need to repent and get right with God. But you need to let them go and God lets people go because they won't listen to him. Or, the, or God, in his mercy, will send two or three messengers because they're, they're not hearing God. But if they don't want to hear God, they won't hear them either. But God is so gracious that even when we miss it, He makes sure we get it. He gives us dreams. He gives us visions. He gives other people dreams and visions. He doesn't give you dreams and vision because He wants everybody to come at you. He gives other people dreams and visions because He knows that you might have missed it or He tried to convict you or show you something and you didn't see it. So He has to show someone else to help you. It's not something to condemn you. It's to help you and to lead you. Eight. 
For thou, I made so though I made you sorry with a letter, I do, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry. See, he's saying, I didn't make you sorry. That the letter I gave you made you sorry. Though it were for reason. Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that, see, he was he repenting like, oh, I made, the, oh, now they're feeling sorry. But, oh, actually, I'm not going to repent because I, I perceive that actually that letter, that was the word of God that was making you sorry. Now I rejoice that you were made sorry. You were not made sorry. You were made sorry, but ye sorrowed to repentance. See, when God brings godly sorrow, it leads you to repent. When, God, when the devil brings worldly sorrow, it makes you want to say sorry to man and the world. When the devil brings you on the worldly sorrow, you just want to say sorry, but you still want to do it. Godly sorrow leads you into the way of righteousness. Sorrow that to repentance, for ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. See, I didn't, I didn't give you these, this letter to damage you. I gave you this letter to lead you to repent. Not to, come, not to cast you down, not to make you feel cast down, but to lead you out of unrighteousness. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. The fruit of salvation is repentance. Or the fruit of repentance is salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And the devil will come and bring the sorrow of the world. He'll make you sorry about something that has nothing to do with you or something that you're not even doing or something that you already repented of. But you'll, it'll still kill something inside. It'll still do damage to you. It still won't lead you. It'll just make you want to beat yourself up. What clearing of yourselves? That ye sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you. See, the godly sorrow it brought carefulness. It brought the fear of the Lord. When, the, when God comes, it brings the fear of the Lord. The devil comes, it brings fear of man. The devil comes, it brings fear of hell. When the devil comes, it brings fear of this or that. But God comes and brings the fear of not being with him. Everybody can stand up. Jude 1, 14 through 15. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with tens of thousands of saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all are all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds. See, to convince. God comes and he comes to convince you. The devil comes to condemn you, but God comes to convince you. This is the way, my son. This is the way, my brother. This is the way to lead you, not to destroy you. He comes to seek, to kill, seek, to kill and destroy. So he's coming to kill you. This is the fruit. He comes to kill you and destroy you, and, the, and God comes to convince you. You need to know when which is which, or else you might be giving into another spirit. And last scripture, Romans 9.1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing with me in the Holy Ghost. What was Paul's barometer for speaking the truth? He said, my conscience bears witness in the Holy Ghost. I know what I'm saying to you right now is the truth because it bears witness it with my conscience in the Spirit of God. My, con my, my conscience bears witness with Him. 
Even the men of God of that day, they spoke a lot about how their conscience was kept clean and then no man could, con could convict them of, with manly conviction. See, the, the uh, religious people were always convicting people with their own conviction, manly conviction. But God convicts you with him to get right with him. You know it's manly conviction when you want to do it for the man, but it's godly conviction when you want to do it for God. You need to know the difference because what, what is this voice that's talking to you? What is it driving you to do? That's what you need to ask yourself the question. This voice that comes to tell me what I'm doing right and wrong, what is it driving you to do? Is it driving you to want to repent and get right? Or does it, is it driving you to want to give up or, or, cast, or be cast down like he is? The devil was cast down like lightning, and he wants you to be cast down with him. He will do everything that he can. And then when you're in the wrong way, or you're, you're walking in the way that seems right, he won't even bother you. Because he's like, he's already in agreement with me. What am I worried about him for? I don't want to even bother them because that church, because they already speak what I would speak anyway. So, Father, right now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would teach us the voice of conviction and teach us the voice of condemnation, Father, that we would know which voice is which, Father, that when we sin, that we would go boldly to the throne of grace and take up the blood of the Lamb, Father, that we would not take up and take up the blood of our own martyrdom, Father, and let ourselves be killed by the enemy, Father, in the Spirit, and drink our own indignation, Father, and our own condemnation, Father, but that we would drink, Father, your word, Father, your conviction that leads us unto all righteousness, Father. Oh, Father, let it be in peace. Let it be in joy, Father. Let the kingdom of God in us be like, be peace, joy, and righteousness, Father. Let it not be of eat and drink, Father. Let it not be of do's and not do's. Let it be of a holy life and godliness, Father, with content, Father. Content in my godliness, Father, not content in my ungodliness. Oh, Father, you lead us on in straight ways, Father. You lead us down the narrow way, Father, but you don't lead us on the wide way of destruction, Father. The devil tells me to do what I want, but God tells me do what I want. Do what he wants. Oh, Father, let's, we don't entertain the voice of a stranger. We cast down every strange voice, every strange imagination and vision. If the vision does not lead me into paths of righteousness, if the vision does not lead me into joy and peace, it was not the kingdom. The kingdom of, of God leads me to God and the kingdom of Satan leads me to the world and Satan. The kingdoms of this world lead me to be more worldly and the kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God leads me to God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.